fathers. God of my fathers, gentle redeemer. Oh, how we praise your holy and righteous name. We thank you, Lord God, for the entrance of your word brings light. Lord God, you said that man should not live by bread alone, but by every word that shall proceed out of your mouth. So we pray, Lord God, and ask that your word is being seen and felt through this magnification choir behind me. Lord God, as they sing of your goodness, Lord God, let your word, Lord God, exude through Pastor Brown, Lord God, to set the captives free, to set liberty those who have been bruised, Lord God, to deliver those who have been bondage Lord God but fear Lord God for Lord God you are our light and our salvation we should not fear so Lord God we ask you Lord God to penetrate our hearts as he speak words of the kingdom Lord God as he unfolds the mystery of your gospel Lord God we thank you Lord God for you're going to order our steps today you're going to set our hearts straight today Lord God you're going to move us out in faith today Lord God and we thank you Lord God for nothing shall be impossible with you we thank you, Lord God, and we give you all the praise and all the glory that's due your name. Now, Lord God, let your presence fill this place. Arrest our attention, Lord God, from this point on, and we will be careful to give you all the praise and all the glory. We thank you, Lord God, for how you're going to meet needs, how you're going to set the captives free, Lord God, those that are captive over here, those that are captive over here, those who are going to make the decision, Lord God, to join this church and to get saved and to get baptized. We thank you for the candidates right now, Lord God, as they're going to go out with the old and come in with the new. We bless your holy name for you are doing a great work in this church. Lord God, we thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Good morning, Resurrection. Oh, my goodness. Y'all still sleep. Good morning, Resurrection! This is the day that the Lord has made. You ought to rejoice and be glad in it. Come on, give God a hand clap of praise this morning. I dare you to bless him. I dare you to praise him. I dare you to stop worrying and start worshiping. Because it's when you begin to worship and not worry that you show God that you truly trust Him to work it out, even while you're praising Him. Did anybody come to praise the Lord this morning? Amen. Amen. Now you're ready. Now you're ready. Now you're ready. Listen, listen, listen. If this is your first time here in the place this morning or even watching online, we invite you now to take out your phone and text the word guest, guest, G-U-E-S-T, to 830-689-8074. We simply just want to thank you for joining us on today. You could have been worshiping anywhere, but you chose to worship here with us. And so we want to reach back out and just show you how much we appreciate it. Amen. Amen. Listen, I have a few announcements before we dive into the rest of our worship service. Um, it's February, right? Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. So there's a couple couple things that happen in the month of February. Uh, number one is Black History Month. And so we will, as a church, amen. We will, as a church, honor uh, Black History Month on the fourth Sunday of this month. In case you were wondering, that's when we will acknowledge Black History Month. Um, but it's also the month of love, right? Valentine's Day is coming. It's around the corner, fellas. It's around the corner, so don't, don't wait till the last minute. You better, better handle it now. Handle it now. But no, it's, it's a month of love. And so even here at our church, we, we want to celebrate that. And so on February the 17th, Saturday, February 17th, we will have a celebration of love gala. Um, it is $50 per couple. Doors will open at 630, and it is at the club at Garden Ridge, the club at Garden Ridge. And so we invite you uh, to register, register. You can go online on our website and register. There's information on our social media pages as well. Uh, take your significant other out and have a good time with your fellow brothers and sisters. Amen. But there's more than just uh, the love relationship between um, a husband and wife or a boyfriend and girlfriend. There's a love relationship between a parent and child, right? And so we want to honor and celebrate that as well. And so on Saturday, excuse me, Friday, February the 9th at the Noble Center from 6 to 9 p.m., we will have a Valentine's dinner and dance for our children and their parents. And that is free. That is free. You can take out your phone and scan that QR code right there. Um, we encourage you, uh, mom, dad, uh, grandma, grandpa, uncle, whoever, whoever uh, the adult figure is in that child's life, to bring them out that night, get dressed, right? Come on out and show them what it means to treat somebody the way they should be treated. That's what that night is about. And so we encourage you to come on out and have a good time with us on February the 9th. Amen? Amen. Um, listen, listen, um, but there, there's also something else we can celebrate, right? There, there is, there's a love between uh, a significant other. There's a love between a parent and child. But today, we're also going to celebrate uh, the, the first time somebody decides to make a decision to fall in love with Jesus. To fall in love with Jesus. And so we have some candidates for baptism that are going to come now. Pastor Joe is going to go ahead and lead us in that. And so let's give God some praise for what he has done in the lives of these candidates. Amen. Thank you, Pastor Josh. Thank you so much. The pool lights are lit. Heaven is rejoicing. And we ought to be rejoicing.
of faith, Samaja LD. We baptize you now in the name of the Father, in the name of the Son, and in the name of the Holy Spirit. is going to stand to preach today. 
We're praying for him that God will bless his mind, his spirit, his heart, his energy, and that God will speak through him because we need a word. Amen. As we go even higher, oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together as this magnification team comes to lead us higher. I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. He's worthy of the glory. He's worthy of the praise. He's worthy of the honor. Oh, magnify the Lord with me. And let us praise his name together. Amen. Put your hands together.
hallelujah. Not just today, but always, now and forever. Now and forever. Lord, I bless your name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We got any people that are just a little bit more than a conqueror today?
that it's over. But no matter what you're going through, you are more than a conqueror through Christ Jesus. Any witnesses? Hallelujah. Oh, I believe we could do better than that. Come on and give God a praise. Give God praise for all these children that are walking out and going upstairs. Come on, give God praise for them. Amen. We've got some more seats. We've got a couple of more rows. Amen. For those who are in the overflow. Amen. Those who are in the audience. Listen, to those who are regular members, you've been here for a long time now. And you um, can't find you a seat or you can't sit where you used to sit. Where you used to sit. Uh, you're going to start coming early. Amen. You're going to be coming in here talking about, I'm not just a conqueror. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Let's give God praise for these new people who are coming. I've been meeting, <clears throat> I've been meeting new people all day today at both campuses. I drove up here. It looked like Easter. I had to look at my calendar. Have I been gone that long? Amen. Looking like Easter up in here, up in here. Listen, I have got a... I've got an announcement I need to make. I've got an announcement I need to make real quick. First of all, I want to thank you for your prayers, allowing us to have this time off that we've had. Um, I'm back. Uh, I, um, I'm grateful. Uh, my parents lived almost a century. Um, I got to have my mother almost 60 years, my father 50 plus years in my life. And um, so that has been a blessing. Um, and then I've been ministered to in so many ways by my church. You know, I thought I was the pastor and the minister, but you all, you all have ministered to me. If it wasn't just a touch on the shoulder, if it wasn't a card, a, a call, uh, many ways you've encouraged me. And um, I thank you for that. Amen. I thank you for Let's give God praise for those who are walking up in here some more. Amen. Amen. Listen, so here's the announcement that I need to make. The announcement I need to make is this is a sign of growth in our church. Um, after the pandemic, it was hard to fill up one service with both campuses. Amen. And now we are filled at both campuses. Amen. And so in a few weeks, in a few weeks, we're going to start construction on this building and just the renovation part, uh, even in the sanctuary. Um, we haven't decided where we're going to go <laughs> when they do that. Um, but we, if we got to build some tents outside in the back, uh, if we have to um, um, rent uh, the amphitheater over on the other side or the racetrack or whatever, um, wherever we go, it's going to be holy ground when we get there. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Um, but in the interim, we're going to do something that I'm going to need you to help me with. And thank you for st remaining standing, too. Y'all ain't tired yet. Amen. Look at your neighbors. I ain't tired yet. I've been running for Jesus. Amen. Amen. Hey, listen. Here, here's what we're going to be doing. Um, obviously, in the interim of all of this, we're going to have to go to three services. Three English-speaking services. Amen. I thank God for those of you who said amen. I got a couple of people doing, hmm. I understand. 
because I got to preach them, amen. And um, it's, I gotten kind of spoiled doing too, amen. I told the Lord and the 12 disciples, Mary and Joseph, that I would never do more than one service on a Sunday. Well, the Lord laughed at that. And um, did three, started doing three before the pandemic, and of course, sometimes even four. We have a Spanish-speaking service as well. Um, so I am excited and enthusiastic about the kingdom agenda. This is what we're supposed to do, amen? But not just fill the house, we wanna fill the people. So everybody who's a part of resurrection or even thinking about being a part of resurrection, I want you to think about your spiritual gift and how God can use you in this church so that you can become part of the core, amen? I met a brother today, I don't know if he's in uh, here yet uh, or if he's in overflow by the name of Matthew. And um, he's not a member yet. He said this was his first time, his first experience. It's important for us to treat everybody the same way to get that resurrection experience, amen, of uh, knowing that we are a church that loves people, amen, amen, uh, uh, amen. What's, what's, what's that creed that we put on the screen, amen? Can you get it up there for me real quickly? Amen, amen, amen. Put it up there, we are what? Who? That, amen, servants of Christ, amen. What's that second part? Developing followers of Christ. What's that last part? So they could do what? Share the love of Christ. Go on and love on your neighbor right now. Just, just wave at him. Give him a wave. You ain't got to touch him. I know some of y'all scared to touch people. Amen. Tell him I used to touch. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Amen. Bow with me in a word of prayer real quickly. Just close your eyes. Father, we thank you right now for this privilege this opportunity to be able to come together in faith. Mm, what a blessing it is to be here in this place with your people. We pray your presence in this place right now, Lord, bless. Bless your word, that it be magnified. Bless your name, let it be glorified. Bless your people, let them be edified. In the name of Jesus, let the words of our mouth and the meditation of our hearts be acceptable in thy sight. Our strength and redeemer, in Jesus' name we pray, amen. Oh, how I love Jesus. Oh, how I love, how I love Jesus. Oh, how I love While you're standing, don't forget that the tone and the tenor that we are setting for 2024 is advancing the kingdom agenda. And I want you to go with that as you leave from here, as we, uh, you, when you leave with this word. We're going to begin a new series of messages today, starting on today, entitled Moving Forward. Say, Moving Forward. And I want to share a word with you from Matthew's Gospel, chapter 15, beginning at verse 21. There's a 
there's an incident that takes place in the 15th chapter of Matthew, beginning at verse 21. Listen for a word from God. Then Jesus went out from there and departed to the region of Tyre and Sidon. Behold, a woman of Canaan came from that region and cried out to him saying, have mercy on me, O Lord, son of David. My daughter is severely demon possessed. But he answered her not a word. And his disciples came and urged him saying, send her away. For she cries out after us. But he answered and said, I was not sent except to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. The word of God for the people of God. Praise be to God. You may be seated. Thank you, singers and musicians. We want to tag this text today with this title, Moving Forward in Faith. Say, Moving Forward in Faith. To move forward in life, you must have faith. Faith because there will be adversity and antagonism. There will be crises and circumstances, delays and disappointments. There will be forces and faces and foes and fears that will have to be met and mastered. You must have faith. And as we turn the page on our text today, we meet Jesus at midpoint in his ministry. Watch this. His role as an influencer has expounded now beyond the boundaries of his local community into the region of Tyre and Sidon. Different than Jerusalem, Tyre and Sidon were distinctly non-Hebraic areas. Traveling there with his entourage, his disciples, his crew, Jesus comes face to face with a woman from Canaan who pleads in verse 22, have mercy on me, Son of David, Lord, my daughter is severely tormented by a demon. Right. Now, the writer of Matthew highlights her ethnicity because he's targeting primarily Jewish, a Jewish audience. And he wants to clearly establish that not only was she not Roman or Greek, but she was indeed a daughter of Canaan. Can I talk to you for a moment? The Canaanites and the Jews shared a checkered history that was deeply rooted and well established in the eyes, thoughts, and actions of the Hebrews. The Canaanites were despised, rejected, excluded, exploited. The Jews considered them to be heretics, renegades, and no little more than nothing but dogs. In their mind, the Canaanites were in, they were subhuman, biologically inferior, social misfits, religious oddballs. Any Orthodox Jew would turn their nose up at a Canaanite. So this pleading pitiful woman was an alien in Jewish eyes because not only was she a Canaanite, but she was also a resident of Phoenicia. She was a Phoenician, the Phoenicia, the land where we now call Beirut. And the bloodly hostility that we witness now, even today, between Israel and the Palestinians had its origins way back then. 
The woman was a part of a country that was doing war with the country of Jesus. Sounds current, doesn't it? They were military, cultural, religious, and political enemies. And yet this distraught, disturbed, despondent woman who came crying to Jesus, despite their differences, Matthew makes it plain to point out that as she approached Jesus, she didn't come just any kind of way. Look at your neighbor and say, you got to come correct. She comes with a distinct understanding of his identity. So she flavors her approach with an audible acknowledgement of his uniqueness as a person. He's, he's different, he's not ordinary, he's extraordinary. She calls him Lord and son of David. This particular recognition would typically be employed only by Hebrews. It was language linked to Jesus, uh, to their hopeful for them, their expectations of the Messiah of God promised by God and predicted by ancient prophets. The Messiah for them would validate their faith and establish their belief. And that was the first step she took moving forward in faith. She began by highlighting the uniqueness of the person of Jesus Christ. Okay, listen, hear me, hear me well, because that's where faith begins. Faith begins both for the woman in the text and for us with confidence in the uniqueness of Christ. She acknowledged his identity. Look at somebody say, there's no name like the name Jesus. Yeah, it's different. In fact, Jesus uh, is the one that bridges the gap between us and God. So much so that he says, you can't get to God until you come by me. There's no other name. Oh, how I love Jesus because he first loved. Listen, y'all, we, we recognize the importance of the action that she took because Jesus later would conduct his own catechism by asking his disciples, who do men, who, who, do, you, who, who, who do men say I am? And more importantly, if you want to really pass the test, who do you say I am? Peter, Peter jumps out and declares, you are the Christ, son of the living God. And Jesus responds to him, now hold up, flesh and blood didn't reveal that to you. You're graded on a curve. In fact, the, the fight was fixed. Flesh and blood didn't reveal, but my father in heaven, and I say to you, Peter, up on the rock, no, not you, but the rock of your confirmation, I'm going to build my church and the gates of hell. Y'all, I'm, I'm preaching a whole lot better than y'all helping me. The gates of hell will not prevail against it. The point to be derived for us is that our faith is to be built on the identity of Jesus Christ. Y'all, that's what separates the church from a cult. I wish Jesus ought to be at the center. Our, our salvation, our victory, our liberation, our inspiration, our aspiration, our freedom, our joy, our life, all of that is inextricably tied to the name of Jesus. No other name qualifies. No other confession is strong enough, enduring enough, resilient enough. There's power in the name of Jesus to break every chain, shatter every stronghold, and set every captive free. 
And she comes to him and she acknowledges his identity, but then she appeals for mercy. Don't miss this because her accurate and appropriate recognition of who he was really resulted in a true and thorough assessment of who she was. I said that too quick. You can't truly know yourself without knowing him. And this sister recognized, y'all, that we, what we must, uh, that she was, and that she was, where she was, that she was not on equal footing with Jesus, and that there was nothing that could connect her to Jesus, so she appealed for mercy. She's a Canaanite. Jesus was a Jew. Orthodox in theology, righteous in doctrine, meticulous in obedience, and royal in his blood. She was different from him in every way. She had nothing in common with Jesus. She had no, no ground in which to approach Jesus but faith. Every other fact concerning her cut her off from him but faith. Every other index in her life's Dropbox file was a barrier, a firewall, separating her from her soul and her savior, but faith alone prevailed. Faith penetrated the racial barrier. Faith broke through the cultural myth. Faith leapt over the national wall. Faith scampered past the mean guardians of color, creed, custom, and condition. Faith escaped the clinches of personal prejudice and, and, and encountered Jesus Christ. Y'all, faith alone saw her through then and faith alone sees us through now. Is there a witness listening to me here? Y'all, we are saved by grace through faith. It's not through fame, fortune, fashion, or freedom. It's by faith. The Bible says without faith, it is impossible to please God. She appealed for mercy and she came by faith. We too must approach God on the basis of mercy and not merit. Don't you ever go to church thinking that it's all about you. My seed and my, I, I, everything has to be just right for me. It could be the enemy is trying to make you as uncomfortable as possible so you won't receive a word from the Lord. You, you ought to take it personal when you step into God's house that God is going to say something that I need to hear. It's from, I don't know about anybody else. They, they just, the audience, they're listening to what God has to say directly to me. You don't come here on the basis of merit. You come here on the basis of mercy. And if you want to move forward by the grace of and the goodness of God, you've got to ask God for mercy. Can I get somebody to shout, thank you? Plead for God's mercy, y'all. Ask God to bless you, despite you. I know you look cute, you look clean. You even look Christian. But God, you know the real you, and, and God knows the real you. And when you come to God, you gotta say, God bless me, despite me. I need you to look beyond my faults and see my needs. I need you to look beyond my mistakes and give me mercy. I need you to look past my problems and my issues and see my possibilities. It's all about mercy. God, help me. I need mercy. No wonder the prophet Jeremiah began to write, it's because of the Lord's mercies that we are not consumed. His compassions fail not. They are new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness. Mercy. 
Mercy is God's capacity to get inside us and, and, and feel what we feel and see what we see and experience what we experience and then grant us goodness that we don't deserve and cannot merit nor reciprocate. Mercy is what keeps us from experiencing the full consequences of our mistakes and missteps and misgivings. You here because of mercy. There's some stuff that should have took you out. There's some stuff that should have took you down. Even when you didn't ask for it, God still granted you mercy. It's God's mercy that shields us. It's his mercy that sustains us. Have I got a witness here today? Uh, somebody ought to just shout, Pastor, I got my word because I'm here. I'm, I, I made it on mercy and I'm making it on mercy. That's how I survived. That's how I overcame. That's how I won. That's how I conquered. I didn't pull my steps myself by my own bootstraps. I, I came, I made it through by mercy. I, I made it over by mercy. That's, that's how I got by. I'm making it on mercy. This woman acknowledges his identity. She appeals for mercy by requesting his urgent assistance on an action, for an action on her behalf. And after all of that, Jesus doesn't say a word. She's met with utter and complete silence. It's like texting somebody and you know they're looking at the text message but they don't text you back. You see, the, you see the dots? I'm talking to iPhone users right now. You see, you see the dots? They open up the text message. It's like driving by somebody and you see them in the car and you call them and you see them look down at the phone and they see who's calling and they put the phone back down and they keep driving. <laughs> Y'all, this is the remix. Surely Jesus will respond. It's Jesus. He's going to speak peace to her troubled soul. Surely Jesus will mend her broken heart. Jesus cares. Didn't Jesus say, come to me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, I'll give you. Didn't Jesus say, if you abide with me and I abide with you, that you can ask what you will and it shall be done for you didn't Jesus say ask and it will be given seek and you shall find knock and the door will be open to isn't Jesus mercy for the miserable ain't he comfort for the critical and joy for the joyless and satisfaction for the suffering and seeking and peace for the perturbed and healing for the hurting Jesus surely he will answer but we are shocked and surprised because after seeing this sister in pain in what she's going through, Jesus never says a word. Come here real quick because somebody's sitting in their seat and can identify with that experience where you've poured out your heart in prayer. You've been real specific in your prayers and You've confessed and, and, and you've even put a praise on it, but you're met with utter and comprehensive and complete silence. 
don't skip past this. I got to work on this for a minute because the life of faith is often met with the disappearing back of a silent savior. Can we be honest with each other? There are times in life when the Lord can be stunningly silent. Lord, I'm going through. I need you to help me, but he's silent. Lord, I need you to get me out of this, but he's Lord, I need you to help me make a decision, but he is piously we pray, plead, and practice the presence of the Lord and give praise to the Lord. But if we're honest, there's no audible or recognizable response. And it's in those moments, y'all, that we are prone to think that perhaps we've done something wrong, said something wrong, moved to the wrong place, stood in the wrong space, made the wrong choice. But look at the text for today. <clears throat> She's in the presence of Jesus. That's the right place. She correctly and respectfully, respectfully addresses him as Lord and son of David. That's the right confession. In humility, she pleads for mercy. That's the right posture. She's specific in her request. <clears throat> benevolent in her ask. That's the right approach. But he doesn't say one word. Somebody listening to me today knows that stunning silence from the Savior. And you know in your own personal experience that we talk about weeping may endure for a night. <clears throat> but what we don't talk about is how long the night's going to last. Sometimes you can't hear from the Lord for days. Can I help you real quickly? Because I don't know what's happening, going to happen in 2024. We're already in February, and I don't know what's coming down the line, but sometimes months can go by. Years can go by. We, 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 we left 2019 trying to build out there, and we were supposed to have all kind of facility, and here we are in 2024, and we hadn't heard from the Lord, but he gave us another option. To do. I wish I had some help here, because he knew that we would probably need more sanctuary space now, and we can get the other space later. Sometimes, it, if you're honest, you, you got to confess that you, it takes a long time before the Lord is no longer silent, and this is with this struggling with sister was struggling with and she was struggling and she discovered that moving in faith sometimes means you've got to endure some silence even amid divine presence okay let, 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 me, let me explain you, you got to endure silence in the midst of divine presence. Moving forward in faith, y'all, requires that you exist and persist even with the Lord's silent presence. He's present, but he's silent. I know some of that rubs some of y'all the wrong way because we've been taught that even in our worship that you ain't really worshiped unless there's a whole lot of noise. But sometimes you just got to be still and know that he's God. Sometimes there ain't no noise. There's no praise. There's nothing loud. God can be present and silent at the same. Can I get some, at the same time? Can I get somebody to help me here? Don't confuse silence with absent. God can be present and silent. 
They still messing with me on my job. God is silent. They, they still trying to do this and, and I still got this bill and I still, I, I, ain't, I ain't where I'm supposed to be. They just silence. That don't mean God ain't present. God can be present and silent at the same time because we are not just to hear from God. We are to continue to live in God. And God is who we live, move, and have our being, y'all. He's our life. He's our strength. He's our joy. He's our consolation. He's our peace. And whether speaking or silent, God still is who God is. God is present in your situation even when God chooses not to speak to your situation. Oh, y'all didn't get that? Come here for a minute. The disciples had to learn that lesson when they were on that boat. Jesus was with them in the storm, but he was fast asleep. He was still with them even though he was asleep. He was napping, but he was near. And as long as he was near, regardless of how bad the storm, it couldn't kill them. They remained alive. They remained alert. They, they, rem they remained aware. They, they, they remained afloat. His presence kept them in the storm until his word got them out of the storm. Y'all don't even know when to shout. Somebody needs to know that it's often the Lord's presence that keeps you in the storm. Sometimes it's his presence that keeps you in the struggle. It's his presence that keeps you in the stress, in the situation, until he chooses to speak and change the situation. I wish I had somebody who could shout on that. That God is not ignoring you. God has not left you. In fact, he's keeping you in the midst of it all. Come here, Yolanda Adams. Where are you when I need you? He will keep you in the midst of... I need somebody to shout, I'm kept. Go on, look at your neighbor. Say, I'm a kept man. I'm a kept woman. Is there anybody who could testify that you know something about the keeping power of God? The question is, can you rest in the Lord's presence even when he is silent? Somebody ought to just shout right now and confuse the devil. I, I thought I had it. You ought to just give God a praise. He will turn your tears into laughter. And here she is. Standing with Jesus. Jesus says nothing. Some people can't stand silence. Like the disciples. Because while he's silent, they're trying to run their mouths. You do realize that sometimes people talk that really don't have anything to say. Going through this struggle with our family, losing our mother, there was a lot of people that called and encouraged. There was a couple of people who called. I'm holding the phone, I'm like, I'm waiting for my encouragement. Because right now you're making me feel pretty, pretty low. <laughs> Talking but don't have nothing to say. The disciples talk. He's quiet, they talk. They say, they say to him, Lord, let's send her away. Because she's shouting after us. Did you, did you hear what I just said? Send them away because she's, she's, she's after us. Everybody say after us. Read it carefully. 
because she was calling on him and not them. And they say after us. They're dismissive because they saw her, watch this, watch that, they saw her as an irritation, as a hindrance, as a nuisance. She should have got to church on time if she wanted to see. Oh, I'm being messy, I know. I'm, I'll confess it for you. They welcomed her with an unwelcome antagonism. Some people will never be ushers. I don't care how saved they are. They can never work on the part. That ain't the people you want to put as the face of the church. Maybe security. was trying to do was get her daughter healed but they didn't want to be bothered watch this y'all because this is the challenge of the church hear me when I say this y'all listen 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 we traffic through a time where people who really need to get to Jesus are being kept from Jesus let that sit for a minute. And they're being kept from Jesus by disciples who don't want to be bothered. Preach, Pastor. I, I help myself right here. But a faith that moves forward is not deterred or defeated by external antagonism. Even though they were trying to keep her away, she was not deterred. And you got to understand this, my friends. The devil doesn't want you to hear this. There will always be forces. There will always be faces. There will always be foes. There will always be fears and factors that don't want you to believe, don't want you to grow, don't want you to change, don't want you to improve, do not want you to rise, shine, and give God the glory. But hear me when I say this, because the adversary does what the adversary does to oppose and hinder your advance in the hope that you won't get discouraged. He hopes that you will throw in the towel he hopes that you will quit, and that's why you've got to be determined despite external antagonism There ain't nothing and nobody going to intimidate or frustrate or minimize or marginalize my faith. You ought to just shout, I am not going to let nobody turn me around. Oh, I feel like, I feel like we, this African-American history month, I, ain't nobody going to turn me around. The disciples insist that she be, should be sent away, but the woman just won't go. She won't go. She ain't going nowhere. She remains where she is. And now watch this. She remains where she is. She ignores their distraction. And, 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 and she keeps her focus on Jesus. I need about 75 people who can co-sign this affidavit and just look at somebody and say, stay focused on Jesus. I, I need, I need 25 more, I'll make 26 safe. Stay focused on Jesus. 
Y'all in the overflow, just say, stay focused on Jesus. It, it, it wasn't Jesus who was the distraction. The antagonism of the disciples was the antagonism. And hear me when I say this, y'all. It's often people who are in proximity to Jesus who are the ones who are distracting other people from connecting with Jesus. Man, in these last four, eight, these last eight years, I've seen more Christians give every sinner a reason why you ought not go to church. Because the enemies of Jesus weren't the ones who were distracting her. She wasn't being distracted by the enemies of Jesus. She was being distracted by the disciples of Jesus. They were the distraction. They were the hindrance. But rewind to the Old Testament, it ain't the first time. If you can't deal with the new, just look at the old. Look at the posture of Job's wife. She advised him, curse God and die. And then his fake and phony friends tried to bury him in blame for the tragedies that came his way. But watch this, Job was not discouraged. Job was not disturbed. Job was not sidetracked. He was not distraught. He stayed focused and he said, hear me well, the Lord gave. The Lord has taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Somebody ought to say, I know I'm going through something right now, but you know what? I'm going to stay right here because he ain't through with me yet. But when he gets through, you better watch out. When he gets through with me, you ain't going to be able to stand me. I'm going to be the loudest one in church. You... If you're going to move forward in faith, you got to be, you got to refuse to be refused. let you go till you bless me you got to get to the point where you can audaciously announce I don't care what you say I don't care what you think I don't care what you do I will not be moved I grew up in the church they used to sing this song I didn't even know what they was talking about I shall not I shall not be moved but I've been living long enough to know what it means now just like a tree planted by the water I shall not I've been doing this too long I can't change now and she made up her mind, I'm going to stay right here. I don't have no other choice. So she's staying, and Jesus is silent. Jesus is silent. She's saying, but when he does speak, look at what he says. He gives this typical, traditional, ordinary, orthodox, cultural, religious, Speech. I was only sent to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Wait, what? <laughs> Your disciples are acting a fool. I'm desperate. And you, claim, you Jesus, claiming exemption from my appeal based on cultural and religious assignment. Really, Jesus? I, ain't came, I didn't come here for all that. I, there's sometimes you don't need a sermon. <laughs> okay, yeah, I know. He talking about Jesus? I'm, I'm just breaking down the text. Because he's speaking to her in parochial terms. Maybe he's showing us how we 
respond to people. His response for her was not what she hoped to hear. She's asking for mercy for her daughter and Jesus is talking about ministry. Yeah, yeah, uh, okay. Uh, I, I don't even know who I'm talking to, but somebody can identify with that because you live long enough through some moments where you and the Lord seem to be on two different languages. You speak in two different languages and totally different frequencies. Can I get some witnesses here that, that you have sometimes spoke one thing and you heard God saying something? It just don't line up. But her response is revelatory. She's a genius. In verse 25, look at her response, y'all. She came and she knelt before him saying, Lord, help me. She and Jesus weren't on the same page. She and Jesus were not on the same frequency, but she didn't wait for him to shift. She made the move saying, in essence, I'm coming to you even though you didn't send for me. She moves towards Jesus and begins to worship Jesus. She bows down and looks up and she adjusts her approach. She adjusts her approach and then she drops the reference to him now, not as son of David, but because that enlists a, a negative response. Instead, she appeals to him with the more universal term, Lord. She calls him Lord. Hear me well, y'all. You've got to be able to make some adjustments in life. And sometimes you are too stuck on what you think and what you feel and what you've been taught that you don't know how to shift. You, you're too married to a, a certain approach, but you've got to be able to make some adjustments. And her actions declared, Lord, I don't have to be the center of your concern in order for you to be the center of my focus. I want you to know, Lord, that I put you on at, at the center, even though it seems like I'm on the margin, because it's not where I stand, but it's where you stand in my life. I need somebody to come go with me here and understand that if you're going to move forward in faith, you're going to have to learn how to worship with Jesus at the center, even when you feel you at the margin. Even if somebody didn't talk to you right, you're going to have to worship just like everything is right. You've got to determine that God is the priority even when it seems like you ain't. You've got to give God praise even though you've been asking God to bless you and it seems like he's blessing everybody but you. you ought to, every time somebody gets blessed, you ought to just shout because you know that my blessing is on the way. He ain't blessed you and ain't going to look over me. No, I ain't even worried about why you got blessed or how you got blessed. I'm just praising God in advance because if he blessing you that means he's still passing out blessings and so here's what her example teaches us y'all she persists she's persistent but she's got one more huge mountain to scale sit down for just a moment because you got to sit for this listen Jesus says in verse 26 oh no it ain't right to take the children's bread and give it to the dogs. Did he just call her a dog? I, I, I got to be honest with you. I've been preaching a long time. But every time I come to this text, I'm like, okay, you want to help me here. He first ignores her. Now he calls her a dog. 
Don't be looking at me like that. Y'all need to read the Bible. It's in there. <laughs> she came for help. And all she's getting is humiliation. Her daughter is demon-possessed, disturbed, tormented, and he calls her a dog. Lean in. Context is everything. Because this was the most common racial slur leveled by any Jew towards the Canaanite. Because at that time, dogs were considered the most miserable, the lowest creatures on the planet. They weren't pets, they were pests. Most part, they weren't like y'all's dogs. <laughs> Some of y'all dogs think they, they think they're human. You open your refrigerator, you, you got to be careful because you don't know which one is the dog food and stuff you got left over. It's called domesticated. You got the kind of dogs that get an attitude because you didn't come home on time. <laughs> Preach, Pastor. You, you, don't, you, don't, you don't deal with your dog on your schedule. You deal with your dog on your dog schedule. Your dog say, it's time to go walk. I know you streaming Amazon Prime and things, but I need to go on out there and... Back then, dogs howled and they would bark at people. They were, they, they were strays that all night long, they, they, they would be howling and in the daytime, they would be lazy, all, you know, just neglected and disrespected and they were forced to eat, y'all, anything they could, anything that was available. That was the plight of the dogs and they did not even have a home. But in the original text, when Jesus says this, in the original text, in the Greek, before it was translated into English, the word Jesus deploys is not for the word stray dog. He uses another word that would interpret little dog or a dog that lives in the house. Watch this, because wait. He says, she says, Lord, to him, what you say is true. It's not right for the children's food to be given to the dogs, but that's where you're supposed to say hallelujah. She, she's agreeing with him, but then she says, but even the dogs can get the crumbs that just fall from the master's table. Okay, y'all still ain't getting it. But what she's saying is, I understand what you're saying, Jesus. I'm not going to disagree with you. I, I understand the context in which you said what you, I, you, you said what you said. And I understand that there are some issues between my people and your people, but, but I'm not going to let what has been keep me from what can be. If you want to call me little dog, go ahead and do that. It's all right because in between what you said and what I heard, what you meant is if I'm a little dog, that means I'm in the house. And if I'm in the house, that means I have some access to the table. 
And if I'm at the table, that means I must be long to somebody. I wish I had somebody who could help me right here. You got to see this, y'all, because big dogs were left outside. Big dogs had to fend for themselves. Big dogs were a nuisance. Big dogs didn't know where their next meal was coming from. She says, but I'm not a big dog. I'm a little dog. And everybody everywhere knows that little dogs like to bark. And so since I'm this close to you, Jesus, let me just get my chance. I, 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 I'm sorry. I can't let it get past. I can't get, I'm just barking. That's all I'm doing. I can't leave without my blessing. I'm just barking. I'm, I, I can't let desperation distract me. I'm just barking. I, I, I can't let frustration block me. I'm just barking. I, I can't let humiliation get in my way. I'm just barking. I, I have to holler or howl, whatever I got to do to get your attention. That's what I'm going to do. I'm just barking. Somebody ought to just... I tell you, she's a genius because she took an insult and created an invitation. She said, Lord, I'm not asking for your bread. Just give me some of the crumbs. Break it down, pastor. Just give me the miracle that nobody wants. Just give me the, the blessing that nobody wants. Just let me open the business that nobody wants. Give me the idea that nobody else wants and I'll be satisfied with the joy that nobody wants. Give me the anointing that nobody wants. Give me the peace that nobody wants. You don't have to give me the whole loaf. I don't even need a slice. Just give me the crumbs because what you got to understand is that God's crumbs are better than the devil's entree. Can I get a witness? So don't give me the whole meal when a crumb will suffice. Just a little bite will be more than enough. Just a little touch can make me whole. Just a little word can soothe my soul. Just a little move can change my life. Lord, give me the crumbs. As a matter of fact, you don't even have to give me anything that's on the table. You got my permission to bless me under the table. Somebody just missed your shot. Is there anybody here that can just ask God to bless you under the table? You don't have to bless me publicly. <laughs> you can bless me privately. And I don't care if nobody knows it. <laughs> you can bless me under the table. In fact, you don't have to give me a meal. I'll just make by with the scraps. Oh, is there anybody here that can say, Pastor, you messing with me now? Because I know something about scraps. <laughs> You see, I grew up on scraps. Hey, my mama and daddy made good with scraps. Is there any single sister here who's had to give your life to your children on just the scraps? Is there anybody here who can say, I survived on the scraps? I went to school on scraps. I bought my first home on scraps. I 
I opened my business up on scraps. I raised my children on scraps. I'm a witness that you can survive on the scraps because the God that we serve can turn your scraps in the supply. Won't he do it? I said, won't he do it? Because sometimes what nobody else wants is exactly what you need. She said to Jesus, just give me the crumbs. Just give me the scraps. And Jesus looked at her and said, woman, great is your faith. Let it be to you just as you wish. And the Bible says her daughter was healed from that very instant. And the moral of the story, Jesus watched in silence. He watched her endure antagonism. He watched her wade through indifference. He watched her walk through ridicule, deal with insult, refuse to be refused, but she kept moving forward in faith. That's my word for everybody right now. Keep on moving, keep on pressing, never give up because in his own good time, he'll tell you what he told her. Go home, already done. Go home, already fixed. Go home, already healed. I Bluetooth your blessing. I'll airdrop your blessing. I'll airdrop your deliverance. I work by remote from your amazing grace. I operate on omnipotent love. Already done. Somebody ought to shout. Already done. Your faith will bless not only you, but your faith will bless your whole family. I'm through preaching, y'all. But keep on moving in faith. Yeah. Yeah. Because that's what Jesus did. From the sixth hour to the ninth hour, he felt like God had gone on radio silence. He cried out, my God, why have you forsaken me? But he stayed focused and he hung on the cross until I heard him say, Father, into your hands, I commend my spirit. And he died, didn't he die? I'ma go old school. Matthew said he died. Mark said he died. Luke said he died. John said he died. Paul said he died. My daddy said he died. He died. Didn't he die? And it was silent all Friday night. Silent all day Saturday. Silent Saturday night. They tell me that the brooks wouldn't babble. They tell me that the rivers wouldn't rush. They tell me that the birds wouldn't sing. The lions wouldn't roar. He died. Didn't he die? Friday night was silent. Saturday night was silent. Saturday was silent. But oh, 
Sunday morning, something happened. The earth did shake, the earth did quake. Somebody said he raised him up with all power in his hands. He's alive, he's alive forevermore. Don't let nothing distract your attention. Don't let anybody turn you around. Keep moving. I'm through. When sickness comes, keep moving. When trouble comes, keep moving. When heartaches come, keep moving. When they talk about you, keep moving. When things don't go right, keep moving. When people don't act right, keep moving. God will. God will. See you through. Won't he do it? Give God praise in this place. I'm through. Hi, I know. I know you're right. Boy, listen. Listen. Stand if you can anywhere you're in this building. There has never been a better time to be saved than right now. <laughs> Y'all, I don't even want to say this. You've been looking at the news. This is kind of what perilous times look like. <laughs> We're in America, so we're kind of far away from a lot of stuff. It's kind of hard for them to get to us here, but don't you fool yourself. We are as involved as all these other countries in all this stuff that's going down. God is speaking. He wants us to wake up and stop talking about faith. Start living in faith. See, there's a difference between an arrogant Christian that's self-righteous. If you got to brag and boast about being saved, you, you might need to really check yourself before you wreck yourself. I'm sorry, that's just a little ghetto. But it comes out every now and then. I think the older I get, the more it comes out. I've been hanging around Sam too long, okay. But seriously, seriously, and, and you know, these elections are getting worse. People are just cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs. They have lost their minds. There's never been a better time for you now, beloved, friends of God to keep it together 
And guess what? You could practice it at home. Go home today, look in the mirror and see the real you. See you who you really are. And ask yourself, don't ask nobody else, ask yourself, is this what God likes? See how ugly you are. Oh, I'm sorry, somebody ain't coming back next week. And then ask God, make me into your image. I want to reflect your goodness. Y'all, y'all, you, your, your Christianity has not been tested until you can love on folk who you know hate you. Yeah. Yeah. We, we, we got the kind of Christianity now that gonna, we, 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 we want to do battle, we want to do revenge. You get me, I'm gonna get, listen, I done been, listen, <laughs> that don't work. The Lord says, no wonder he says, vengeance is mine, I'll repay. Don't worry about that, I'll take it. And listen, it's better for him to take care of it than you. you your blood pressure up, you losing sleep, plotting and planning, trying to, let Jesus fix it. Love on your spouse. Love on your children. Love on your neighbors. The neighbor that never speaks to you. You ever get on the elevator and say good morning and the person just look at you like you ain't saying nothing? I got to tell you the truth. I'll be honest. That's a hard one for me. Because I'm like, you didn't, didn't hear me? Did you just hear me say good morning? <laughs> but you got to do it anyway. Brothers, you ever hold the door open for somebody and they just walk in and don't even say thank you? Don't you let the next person pay for the mistake that person made. Sister, stop making the man pay for the mistakes the last man made in your life. See, brothers, y'all scared to say something. That's, that's okay. But I bet you they'll say something here. Brothers, stop trying to make that sister pay. I got a hallelujah over there. Thank you, Jesus, right there. We are all messed up. It ain't no competition. We're saved by grace through faith. Let 2024 mark the year where you change your attitude. I didn't get a chance to preach in January, so I'm getting it all out now. Let it change your attitude. Stop walking around with a chip on your shoulder, mad about everything and everybody. I, I told the first service that when I looked at how Jesus was silent, I, I, I'm going to have to take some time myself and just get away and do a silent retreat. I, I've been looking into this where you go to a monastery and they teach you the discipline of just being silent and they pray and just silence because I want God to pour into me. We're not here forever. And I want God to use me in ways that just blows my mind. Anybody else feel that way? You are, you know why the enemy is after you? You are a threat. 
You are, you are somebody to be reckoned with. He wants you to stay beneath when God made you to be above. He wants you to be the tail when God has made you the head. He wants you to fall when God wants you to rise. And that's where we are. Can we as a church pledge to do that? Amen. Amen. Let's just close your eyes for one moment. Let's go to God in prayer. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you today for your word. Help us, Lord, to have the faith of that Canaanite woman where you can look at us and say, great is our faith. Because even when you are silent, even when you go silent, we realize that that does not mean that you're absent. We trust you right now. Help us to not continue to make the same mistakes. Forgive us for the mistakes we've already made. And Lord, help us to walk into the, in the newness of life. Help us to walk into the destiny that you have prepared for us. Everything the devil stole, I pray right now that everyone who hears me praying this prayer, that you would return it to them double for all their trouble and that they would give you praise, that they would open up their hearts and their minds and testify that God did it. Help us to advance the kingdom agenda and we'll give your name the praise in Jesus' name, amen. Now give God some praise. Listen, beloved, there's somebody here today who does not belong to a church. There's somebody here right now who does not have a church home. In fact, you don't even have to get out your seat. I'm gonna give this invitation first. You could pull out your electronic device and you could text JOIN to 830-689-8074. You could do that right now. Or listen, you could go old school and say, listen, I'm gonna walk down. My mama walked down the aisle. My daddy walked down the aisle. My cousins, my my auntie and them, walk down, I'm walking down the aisle. We'll receive you right now. Come on. We've got people who will receive you. Come on. If you want to come with your family and your friends, come on. If you're in the overflow, you say, I want to join this church. Come out of the overflow and you can come down this aisle right now and I'll personally receive you. My friend, my, my sister, my brother, will you come? We want to receive you. Look at God. Come on. Come on and give God praise. I see you moving. I see you moving. Look at God. Look at I see you. I see you. I see you. Come on and give God praise today. Y'all ain't making enough noise. Look at the Lord adding to this church. Come on, sister. Come on, sister. Come on.
last year. I see you coming. I see you moving. Come on, come on. Give God praise. They still coming, y'all. Listen, listen, I must have said the wrong thing. Um, is these mics, these mics, can y'all hear me? Testing, one, two, three, test. They say you're not supposed to hit it like that, that's too loud. But y'all ain't moving, so. Okay, let me say it again. It's giving time. Listen, first of all, I wanna thank you for being a giving church, a giving church, um, a giving church. Um, but many of us still have not been able to exercise uh, that area of faith in our lives like we should. If I'm your pastor, if I can preach to you about salvation, if I can preach to you about doctrinal issues, do you know that giving is also a doctrinal issue? That Jesus talked about giving more than anything else in the Bible? <laughs> Just Maybe y'all ain't read it. <laughs> okay. Don't just read the one in your phone. Get a hard copy. So you can do like this. Y'all yeah, remember how we turned the pages? Remember? It's in there. I know that there are people in churches across this country, in America, who have tried to manipulate people in the area of giving. Shame on all of them. And their judgment is going to be met. Amen. We don't give so that your pastor can have his own private jet here. See, see, y'all got louder on that part than any other part. I, amen. We ain't. <laughs> In fact, don't even try to trace where your giving goes. You give because God has blessed you and you're giving according to his word. God, you gave me a dollar. I'm going to give you a dime. You gave me a hundred. I'm going to give you ten. You gave me a thousand, I'm gonna give you a hundred. Can I keep going? You gave me 10,000. Ooh, I gotta write a thousand dollar check. <laughs> the Bible says give, give as God has prospered you. That's, that's, by, that's giving in grace and it's also giving according to his word in the New Testament as well as the old, a tenth, a tithe. Paul says lay it up in the first of the week, amen. Uh, I, okay, I see I got to do a sermon on giving. That'll be my next series. After Easter. Amen. But understand this. This is why I love you so much because you have grown in that area. Y'all, you're sitting where you're sitting in those nice, comfortable chairs. That costs a lot of money. These lights. Y'all just quiet, y'all. 
this microphone. That's why I'll never drop it. <laughs> and guess what? It's, it's, did I see Bobby over there? Said, Praise God. Amen, Bobby. Your church is debt free. Y'all ain't hearing me. Watch. Now, hold on, hold on. But if God can allow you to serve in a church that's debt free, what's happening in the family of God can also happen in your family. How many of y'all want to live debt free? Hold on. And then not only that, he can enlarge your territory. See, that's the part that people shout on. Amen. God wants to walk you, but he's got to test you. That's all giving is. Giving is really a test of your faith. It's not about money. Never has been. You got to remember, they didn't have money in the Bible. When they tithe, they didn't tithe with money. That's what we have in America. That's what we have in these countries. But giving really is just a test. God says, try me and see if I won't open up the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing. Can I read the rest of it? That you won't have room to receive. Do y'all believe that? God, is anybody living that? I promise you. The more stuff I give away, the more stuff I still seem like I'm accumulating. Amen. It's just good to be blessed by God. And so you could do it that way. If you want to, you could give um, the old-fashioned way. and Get you an envelope, put your name on it, uh, all your information. Uh, give us the right email address. Amen. Praise God. God bless you. Did you were you all blessed today? Yeah. Amen. Let's give God some praise for these worshipers. Y'all did a great job as always. I thank y'all. Many people forget when they stand up here. Y'all don't know how many times they've worshiped. I mean, they've had to rehearse. They've had to learn songs. The band, give the band. This is the best band. Amen. I love y'all. I love y'all. Um, I think it's in March, um, the Citywide Revival. I will be preaching in the day service of our Citywide Revival for San Antonio. I don't even know why they call me. Amen. So I would really appreciate it if y'all come and show up and I can practice one of those sermons that I preached here and see if it really can preach. Amen. God bless you. May he keep you. Is there anything I'm missing by way of announcements? Come on, come on, come on up here. Come on up, come on. So listen, today, yes. We had the privilege of baptizing some more of God's ch children. The communion too? Listen, before we do all that, <laughs> I am so confused. <laughs> Pray for the pastor. Amen. Everybody has your cup. Let's give God praise for those who have come, who have joined church. Amen. 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 Father, we thank you for this privilege to be able to come to you right now. You sent your son to die for our sins. He shed his blood. As we come before you, we pray that you would forgive us for anything and cleanse us from anything that is not right. As we receive these elements, help us to remember the body 
that was broken and the blood that was shed. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. It was on a Thursday evening. It was on a Thursday evening when Jesus sat down with his disciples. In that upper room, and when they were up there, they had celebrated this feast before, but this time it was different. He said, now, this bread that we're breaking is going to symbolize something, and this blood that we're, this wine that we're drinking is going to symbolize a New Testament. He took the bread, the Bible says he broke it, and he told them, eat this in remembrance of me. But that memorial would not be complete. they didn't drink the wine because he said this wine represents my blood now what they did not know and what they had to come to understand was that that blood was different than any other blood you see everybody that's born into this world is born with the blood of the father but since Jesus was born of a virgin he didn't have his father's blood y'all not hearing me his blood was different there's, there's power in his blood those soldiers that were whipping him and beating him as he was shedding that blood they didn't know when they got that blood on them that there was something different about that blood see his blood that was shed was so that we could live and Jesus says you got to remember that he he didn't tell us to remember his birthday but he did tell us to remember the day that he died and rose and got up with all power in his hand he said so what you need to do is drink this in remembrance of me. Oh, it reaches to the highest. Oh. today that she wanted to get baptized and so Justin we give this to you and yours is on the way all right God bless you amen God bless you God bless you amen and this young man over here 
You're gonna have to help me with this name. Samaje. We are, how old are you? 12 years old. This is a certificate. You are, you are saved, not because you have that certificate. You're not saved because you went down in the water. You're saved because you believe in Jesus Christ. And I want all of you all to know that there may be times when you may not feel saved. But once he saves you, he seals you, and he completes you, you are already in heaven, sitting in high places. Amen. Congratulations. God bless you. Come on, let's celebrate them. Oh. Shall we stand? Nobody want to close us out. Amen. I want to stay with y'all. Can I hang with y'all all day today? Where y'all going to go eat at? I think I, I think I need to be quiet now. May God bless you. May he keep you. May he strengthen you as you leave this place, but never from his presence. May God keep you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Put our creed up on the screen real quickly. Amen. We are what? Y'all too slow. Let's say it one more time. This is who we are. Servants of Christ. Developing followers of Christ who share the love of Christ. God bless you. Don't forget this coming Wednesday midweek service. We will have a new licensing and a new minister in the house. Amen.